Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Now I've got some things to say this morning that I think are going to be really important for all of us, whether we're really young or whether we're really old. And uh, so I'd really encourage you to, to listen. I've also got some colouring sheets for those who are younger and very arty. I've got some easy ones and I've got some much harder ones for the expert colourers, Okay. And uh, those are at the front. If you want to do the colouring sheets, come and take them right now. I should also mention, I found a little box of chocolate Easter bunnies. And I've decided to give them to the best colourer. Okay? Yes, we're just saying, right? Okay, so that's any time between, between now and the end. If you don't want colouring sheets, that's fine. But it's kind of going, going, gone. I've also got some little chocolate eggs here as well. And uh, my chocolate eggs can be as little prizes this morning, just if I ask a question and someone answers the question okay. Will that be all right? Yeah. Margaret. <laughs> that was the right answer. Okay, is everyone ready? Yes. Great, Tilly, yes. There it is, you see? So it's just a way of making, of making sure that we are all paying attention. Listen, this morning is Easter Sunday, and I agree with Benj. This is the best day of the year. For me, I find it even more exciting than Christmas Day because this is Easter Sunday and this is the day when we celebrate together that Jesus not only died, but more importantly, he rose from the dead. So uh, I'll go back and find my notes in a minute and find out what I was going to tell you. But, uh, but yeah, I hope they've not gone. Yeah. They've been coloured in. Yeah, okay. You're going to win? Okay. I need a chocolate egg because that was the right answer. Yeah, you need to wait to answer a question. I'm going to ask you a question in a minute. Thank you. So who can, who can tell us for a chocolate? And I've given you a big clue already. Why today is a day of celebration? Because Jesus was reborn. Yeah, how, how, it's another way we could say that. Jesus rose from the dead. I hope you can catch. Ready? Whoa, okay. Okay, that is pretty good, isn't it? You see, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the centrepiece of the Christian message. It's what it's all about. And... Um, Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament in, in the form of letters to churches that he, that he cared for, he said, that, he said this to one of the churches he wrote to. He said, if Christ had not been raised from the dead, your faith is useless and your sins have not been forgiven. You know, what he was saying is, you know, it's all very well Christians meeting together in churches, but if Jesus hasn't been risen from the dead, what a waste of time that is. You could have been doing something else on your Sunday mornings. Your faith is useless and your sins haven't been forgiven. And that's because it's through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we are saved if we put our trust in Jesus. And we are starting another little mini-series uh, today, in fact, in a new book of the Bible. The book is the book of Ephesians. Uh, which book of the Bible are we starting a new little mini-series in? Who said that? Oh, Abby. Abby? 
When you kneel down, you look like a tiny person, Abby. I think that, that is sort of cheating a little bit, but anyway. So we are going to start looking at the book of Ephesians. And listen, I want to really encourage us all to start reading through the book of Ephesians together. It's six chapters long. I think it takes 17 minutes. All right? I've got it on an audio thing, and it takes 17 minutes to play it through. So Ephesians, short letter really vital letter because it teaches us some really important things. It's a letter that is written to a church. It was the church in Ephesus all those years ago. But it's also a letter that is written to the church. That is everyone who's gone on to follow Jesus. And therefore that includes us in Market Harbour in the year 2023. So it's a letter to a church, but it's also a letter to the church. And we're very much included in that And when you start to read the book of Ephesians, you'll soon realise that it's another letter exhorting the reader to know who they are in Christ. We read another book of the Bible together, didn't we, before Easter? It was the book of... Who said that? Sam? Amazing. Okay. Book of Colossians. And that's another book all about... knowing who we are in Christ. And um, Paul, throughout the book of Ephesians, encourages people, encourages his readers to look not at what they don't have, but to look at what we do have. That we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. So I'm going to read a little bit of Ephesians this morning. I'm going to read a bit of the first chapter starting at verse 15 and to verse 23. If you've got a Bible with you, I'd encourage you to turn it up. Uh, We're also going to stick it on the screen if you've not got a Bible with you. But it will be helpful this morning to refer back to some of the words if you've got them in your hand. So Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to start at verse 15. And Paul writes this, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. What amazing words. And if you are receiving that letter as the church in Ephesus, what a great letter to receive. The subheading in my Bible, it says Paul's prayer for spiritual wisdom. In some translations, Paul's prayer for spiritual insight. But the church in Ephesus and the wider church has 
a man who loves the church and who cares for the church and fathers the church, praying for the church, that their minds would be opened to all that God has for them. Paul is wanting his readers to grasp something and it's his prayer that they do. He wants them to see something with their hearts as well. He's ever thought about seeing something with your heart, but, but that's, the, that's the essence of what Paul wants to say. He's saying, if you had eyes in your heart, I want, to, want your heart's eyes to see what's going on here, not just our natural eyes. There's something in our spirit that, that Paul wants us to grasp together. And you know, most translations start on verse 15 of, uh, of Ephesians chapter 1 by saying, that is why, or for this reason, this is why I heard about, when I heard about your faith. Um, the, the NLT we've just read doesn't quite put it like that, but, but Paul has said some things, and he's saying, because of those things, this is why I want to pray for you. And uh, so, so what is that why? What is the reason that Paul wants to pray for the church in Ephesus? Well, we need to back up a little bit in our Bibles and read verses uh, 4 to to 14, because Paul has laid out there, we're not going to read it now, but Paul has laid out there all that we are and all that we have in Christ. That is really tiny writing. I don't want you to read the writing. What I want you to see is that there are some words that are highlighted because Paul talks time and time again about being with Christ and being in Christ and having things through Christ. He's saying, because of Jesus, this is who you are now. And he really wants his readers to see that. And in the light of that, he wants to pray for them. Okay. And what Paul is saying in those verses is this. He says that God has chosen and God has loved people. God has blessed people. God has invited people to know him. God has adopted, he's redeemed, he's forgiven. God has revealed himself. He's given people hope. He's given people the seal of the Holy Spirit. He's given people a promise of a day when we're all going to be fully redeemed in his presence. What a great thing to be reminded of. And it's in that context that Paul wants to pray for the church. You know, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What a great thing. But it's important to us for lots of reasons. Because it helps people who have no hope. And it helps people who have no earthly value. And it helps people who have no power, to themselves, no hope, and no value, and no power. And that's what I want to share with us this morning from this passage in Ephesians chapter, chapter 1. That we'll know what it is to be people who know hope, and no value, and no power. Does that sound okay? Who can remember my three things I've just said? No one. Excellent. Go on. You're reading that, Jenny. Just keeping you. Who at the back? I know that you know the answer, even though you didn't tell me. It's brilliant. So here's the first thing that Paul is praying for the church. He's praying that they know Hope. Verse 18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. In the NLT, it says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. 
in, in our house, in our bedrooms, we've got some blackout blinds. And they're the business. They're really good. It's pitch black, even in the middle of the day with the blackout blinds. That's sometimes quite helpful on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> but when we open those blackout blinds, if it's a sunny day, you can't ignore the fact that there's light coming into the room because it's gone from pitch dark to very, very bright. The room is flooded with light. You can't help but say, what's going on? I've got to take notice, particularly if you're asleep at the time. Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the resurrection of Jesus brings people hope. The resurrection of Jesus brings with it God's promise of a better future. It gives a reason for life. It gives a reason for, it gives a purpose for our life. And it allows people to live day by day in the knowledge that there is a better future. You know, and, and all of us have moments in our lives, don't we, when we, when we feel a bit hopeless. When we feel a bit purposeless. What am I supposed to be doing with my life? And will things ever change? But God's word to us is this. There is the hope of a better future. Yeah. Things are going to change. Yeah. Because if we know Jesus is our saviour, we're going to be with him when all things are made new. Yeah. Here's the second thing that Paul wants to pray for the church. He wants to pray that they know value. Yeah. Know what it is to be valued. Yeah. Ephesians 1 verse 18 Paul is praying for his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Let me say this again because I don't want us to miss this. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Can I just say this one more time because I like saying this. He's praying for his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Yes. Now, sometimes we might be inclined to read those words and talk, think about God's holy people who, who have a rich and glorious inheritance. And let me tell you, we do. We do have a rich and glorious inheritance. But that's not what Paul wants to remind his readers about here. He's saying you are God's rich and glorious inheritance. Yes. Let that sink in. God in heaven who made the universe, made everything we can see, has an inheritance, and it is us. I wonder whether anyone in this room has ever had an inheritance. Does anyone know what an inheritance is? Sharon knows what an inheritance is. What's an inheritance, Sharon? Uh, so I had... <laughs> what does it mean? Chocolate, I, yeah. I had some money left to me when my parents died. Okay. So their money... To me and my sister. Deserve the chocolate. Thank you. <laughs> so an inheritance, when somebody leaves you something, usually when they die, and you, you're left with whatever it is, a house or some money or a car or, or whatever it is. Sometimes people inherit things and wish they hadn't. <laughs> Wonder what grandma's going to do with that nasty ornament. Oh, she's left it to me. But uh, yes, yeah, sometimes people have a surprise inheritance. I was talking to some people recently who said, we've had a letter from a solicitor. And they showed me the letter. And a long-distant uncle had died. 
and um, they were due a share in the estate. And we looked how much this share in the estate was, and it was tens of thousands of pounds. And it was a surprise. Can you imagine that? Tell you, I am waiting for the postman every single morning these days. I haven't had one like that come. But sometimes inheritance is a surprise. Listen, this is not a surprise inheritance. This is an inheritance that has been ordained from the beginning of time. That we inherit everything in God, but that God has his inheritance in his people. God has the hope. God has the hope of spending eternity with us. I mean, just look at us. <laughs> That's his glorious inheritance. Right back in Old Testament times, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses is reminding the children of Israel about all that God has done for them. And he says this to him, he says, The Lord selected you and brought you out of Egypt's furnace to be a people for, your, for, sorry, for his inheritance as you are today. To be a people for his inheritance as you are today. God's inheritance. In some translations, it talks about uh, God's special treasure. Yeah. Or God's special possession. God's holy people. And we are God's inheritance. God's people have great value to him. If we're feeling worthless today, if we're feeling a bit down in the dumps, know this. If we follow Jesus, God is eagerly looking forward to spending forever with us. In fact, God thinks that we're so valuable that he sent his son Jesus to come to this earth to teach people about his kingdom, to die a horrible death, but then to prove that he was God and to prove that everything he said about God was true and to prove that he has the power over death and over life, he was risen from the dead on that very first Easter Sunday morning. And that is what we're celebrating this morning. And the call of God for us is to find and know relationship with him. Just want to remind you of this. The call of God is not to attend meetings. I mean, that's a pretty dull call, isn't it, really? If our only call in life was to attend meetings. The call of God on our lives is to know him because he's our father and he loves us passionately and he wants to pursue each one of us so that we know him and will know him forever. He wants us to live our lives in a way that we're confident that he sees us and confident that he hears us and confident that he's listening whenever we speak to him. So number one, it was that we should know hope. Number two, that we should know Value, thank you. The words are on the screen. No one gets a chocolate for that. You don't get a chocolate for reading out loud. Okay. And the third thing is that together we would know power. We would know power. So Ephesians 1 verse 19, Paul says this, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power as raised Christ from the dead. And seated him in the place of honour at God's right hand. Wow, what power was at work on that first Easter Sunday morning 
that saw Jesus, who was three days dead, risen from the dead, and walking about and talking to his followers. That same power is the power that Christ exhibits for all the church today. And you know, power has a name. Power has a name. And the name is the Holy Spirit. If we know Jesus, we already know the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because listen, we were once dead and we're now alive. (laughs) That's powerful. Sometimes we might think to ourselves, I don't see any evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. We mustn't think like that. We must look at what God has brought us from and taken us to. Let's not judge the power of God at work in our lives just by miraculous healings or people being raised from the dead. Let's look much more internally than that. God has saved me. He's taken me from when I was walking away from him. In some cases, people will say, before I knew God, I was foul-mouthed, I was bad-tempered, I was addicted. But I've turned to God And people are telling me that I'm not foul-mouthed anymore. And people are telling me I'm not always bad-tempered anymore. And I'm learning to live and cope with my addictions. That's the power of God at work in the life of believers. Power has a name. His name is the Holy Spirit. Don't leave home without him. So I just want to close now and uh, I want to say this. I've got a fourth something we should know together this morning. And it's this. We should know Jesus. You know, the message of the Christian faith is really simple when, when it boils down to it. And if I was to try and be as succinct as possible, I think I'd say this. Our Father in heaven really loves people. He eagerly desires to be in relationship with people. Everyone. And we can only know this relationship with God the Father if we trust in Jesus, his son. By believing that his death has power for forgiveness. Power for a new start. And by believing that the resurrection of Jesus proves that Jesus himself has power over death and over life. This is how Jesus himself puts it. Writing, he wasn't writing, he was speaking to his disciples. The disciple John wrote it down. He said this, Jesus told him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus, the way and the truth and the life. So Paul's prayer was that people everywhere would know the hope and the value and the power that we have in Christ. And listen, he also knows that God has an enemy. And the enemy really wants us not to know that we have value in God's eyes. 
He really wants us not to know that we have hope. He really wants us not to know that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead can be at work in our lives as well. That's why Paul is writing his letter. That's why Paul is praying for them. He starts his letter in Ephesians saying, this is who you are and this is who you have in Christ. And I'm going to pray for you. Why does he do that? Well, because we have all that we have in Christ today, but we're still living in this broken world. We're still living in a place where the culture of the world is telling us you, know, you have no hope and you have no value and you have no power. But Paul is praying for that church and for this church. That together we would know that indeed we do have hope and we do have value and we do have power through Christ. Amen. This is something, folks, we have to contend for. If we're a follower of Jesus today and are feeling like we have no hope and no value and no power, we need to get into the spiritual battle. We can stand alongside one another in that. And if this morning you'd like us to pray for you, we'd love to do that. If today you're here and you've never known a relationship with Jesus... You've never known what it is to have a relationship with God the Father because of all that Jesus has done. We'd love to talk to you about that. We're not going to embarrass anyone, call anyone to the front or make a response this minute. But this is real stuff that we can all know hope and value and power through Jesus Christ. Maybe we're here this morning and we sort of know God. And we've been in and around the church for years and years, but oh, I don't have any real relationship with God. We'd love to stand with you in that as well. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to encourage you to be around the people of God. The people of God will do you good. <laughs> you know, if God himself is so eagerly looking forward to spending eternity with his people, it's not really for me to be saying but I'd rather have as little to do with them as possible in this age, thank you. It's the church of Jesus, and it's beautiful. So I'm going to close by praying together now, and then Benj and the team are going to come and lead us in some closing worship together. So Lord Jesus, we thank you that you were willing to go to the cross, you were willing to die a horrible death, in order that you could be raised to life, to prove that you are God and have power over death and life itself. And you've done that so that we can know what it is to have hope for our future, so that we can know that we are valued by our Heavenly Father in this age, and to know that the power that raised you from the dead is the power that's alive and at work in us even this very day. So we commit ourselves to you, Father. We thank you that you're eagerly looking forward to being in relationship with us. And we want to give ourselves to you by saying we're eagerly looking forward to seeing the fullness of all that you have for us in this church in the months and the years ahead. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.